Hey everyone, we're coming up to the end of the year and I hope you're setting your intentions for the coming year and also focusing on lightening your load, focusing on what's not worked, what doesn't serve you and trying to release it before we conclude this year. Welcome to episode 97 of the Sleep Whisperer podcast and I'm speaking with a friend Bastian Groys. Bastian worked as a project manager within the corporate world in Germany. After moving to New Zealand, he left the corporate world and dived into spiritual work, travelled Australasia, studied permaculture, regenerative agriculture and much more. He has been working as a dog trainer for the last nine years and after struggling with fatigue and exhaustion for a year, he decided that he had had enough of feeling tired and committed to being healthy, energetic and vital. That journey eventually led him to discover light and circadian rhythms and years of research and personal exploration eventually led to the birthing of the app Circadian, the why and how of circadian rhythms and a natural lifestyle. He's currently in the process of fully committing himself to this project and being an ambassador for natural light and a circadian lifestyle in tune with nature. We can never conclude speaking about circadian rhythms. In this episode, we go into how indigenous tribes adjustly through seasons, what happens when you take people out of an artificial environment, does light set biological clocks and regulate hormones and endocrine function? If so, what does this say for professional researchers and sleep coaches who believe that people have different sleep chronotypes? We also have two free codes to give away for the app itself. If you want to be that winner to unlock the paid version of the app, leave the show a review and send me an email on deepa at phytothrive.com. Sleep is quite complex, which was my takeaway from this conversation. When we look through every narrow view into sleep, it's a folly and an injustice to those struggling with sleep. While we need research in this space, we also need to open ourselves to the possibility that protocols beyond our lens can be effective. My intention for you is that you get as much knowledge as is required by you to shift sleep challenges and reach a space where your vision for yourself may be manifested through optimal sleep and a vibrant day. Hey everyone, I'm Deepa, Light Functional Medicine Practitioner, Author and Yogini and you're listening to the Sleep Whisperer Podcast, the only sleep podcast with conversations and meditations. I'm on a mission to share profoundly insightful sleep conversations with global visionaries that merge together functional medicine and ancient wisdom. Breathe in bliss through weekly guided meditations and let yourself enter the land of dreams. Together, let's unravel the pieces, get to the roots and understand the right tools to transform your sleep completely. Through this podcast, I want you to dream the best version of yourself. It's time to regain hope and begin your sleep journey. Bastian, welcome to the Sleep Whisperer podcast and I know this is also going to be one of those very inspiring conversations which many people will end up sharing because there's so much attention we are bringing to uh, challenging aspects, a lot of confusion out there and definitely a lot of people speaking about how they are the night owl these days and um, making that into the way they rule their life. So I know that we want to get specifically into certain aspects of season, how to adjust sleep through seasons, but also the broad circadian aspect as well. Um, and I know that I have really enjoyed the just a couple of days that I've 
had access to the circadian life app that you've created. I've enjoyed everything about it. I still haven't gone really deep and I know I need some guidance from you about that, but we'll get into the app a little later. Uh, what made you create this app? Because you are somebody who's told me that you believe we are nowhere where we need to be in terms of awareness of circadian rhythm, the importance of it in every aspect of our life. So what actually prompted you to uh, go down that route? Yeah, it's an, it's an interesting one. First of all, thanks for, thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. Um, I just need to think really about um, back like way longer because like about 10 years ago, I read a book about dog training. And when I was reading that book, um, it really, it was like an epiphany. It really struck me. I was just basically going, why do not, why does not anyone know about it? Why didn't I know about this when I was growing up and having dogs? And that back then inspired me to become a dog trainer, which is kind of 10 years ago. Mm. Um, and a similar kind of process really occurred um, probably like four years ago or three years ago um, when I came across the Cadent Rhythms and I came across Flight for the first time. And I was struck again in a similar way. I was like, why haven't I never heard about this? This, this seems so important and so foundational for health and um, life really. Um, and I just stumbled across it um, because I was struggling with my own health. Yeah, and I was um, looking for dietary help. I was just pretty much, I'm not sure if I, if I had adrenal fatigue, but I was pretty much like tired all the time for about a couple of years. And um, at some stage, I just, um, yeah, I had enough of it. I just wanted, wanted to change. I wanted a difference. I wanted to feel different. I wanted to experience life differently. And um, that led me down a, a health journey or health quest or health search. And I started to do some nutritional changes, which had some impact. And, um, but I was kind of hungry for more. I think I wanted something else. I, I kind of knew there was something else or something more. And I think when I came across, um, yes, yeah, circadian rhythms and light, um, it's just literally, you know, light went on inside of me. And I was just really like fascinated. And that really triggered, um, a continuing kind of uh, quest and searching and diving deeper into that for many years. And basically I was just trying, first of all, I was trying to understand what circadian rhythms are and how they work in us. I was trying to understand what light is and how that impacts us um, and, and how it all ties to nature and how it, make, how it makes sense overall. Like what, what is health and what, what defines health and what, what, what doesn't. And, um, and I guess all the consequence of all of that research eventually led me to the um, idea of creating an app because similar like with when I was reading about dogs and how to communicate with dogs, I wanted to kind of have other people have that knowledge and have that experience. And the same thing really kind of, I guess, triggered the, the initial impulse of, I need to kind of bring that out to people. I need to share it with more people because there is not much um, good information out there about circadian rhythms, in particular on light. Um, it's, it's really um, under the radar, unfortunately, while it is one of the most fundamental aspects to health and life, um, which, is which is quite bizarre to me. Um, so I guess the app was born out of that impetus. And uh, the, yeah, the main reason behind it is really, um, uh, I guess, creating awareness and helping people learn about it, but also implementing a lifestyle that um, I guess is more natural to um, our biology and is more in sync with nature. Lovely, Bastian. And I must ask you this, of course, because, I mean, you mentioned um, when you read a book about dog training. So what did that book actually have to say about light or circadian rhythm that brought your attention? to? Because that sounds fascinating to me as well. Well, there, there was no connection there. It was just another, um, I guess it was a, I just was reminded of a, of a prior time in my life where I had an insight and I recognized something or I came across something that, that seemed so 
that makes so much sense that uh -huh. was so basic and resonated and rang true on so many levels but i hadn't heard about it before mm. and then the same thing happened again when i when i came across the Kelly rhythms initially and, and light in particular light i feel like is was a much had a much stronger impact on me um and spiked more interest um than circadian rhythms but it's so you know closely woven into each other that it's it's almost like impossible to separate yes absolutely and uh, when you said i hadn't really heard about it um circadian rhythm is actually the core aspect of ayurveda so it's been a part of so many ancient teachings that it's i think the original circadian medicine which is why it's so concerning that people have moved so far away from that and before we jump into talking about how do we adjust sleep through seasons and you had some fascinating remarks to make to me about indigenous people and how they adjust sleep i do want to also ask you your opinion because there is i mean the hugely popular book by dr michael bruce the sleep doctor called the power of when where we're cast into these different Uh, sleep chronotypes supposedly to have different circadian rhythms and a lot of people bring attention to this i see a lot of social media posts by very very renowned practitioners who speak about the different sleep chronotypes how we are meant to be the morning lark or the night owl or whatever names each person is calling these different chronotypes and um, of course this is so far away from the ayurvedic belief that there's no such thing but do two aspects to this first of all do you feel that um, there is a genetic component to this because lot of people talk about each of us having different genetic sleep chronotypes that we are meant to be a certain way based on our genes uh, and that's how when we harness this if i'm meant to be a night out for example i can harness that different timing to be my most efficient my most productive and i'm not going to actually share what are my thoughts in this episode i think i've done a lot of that but i'd like to get your thoughts on whether you truly believe that we all have different sleep chronotypes <laughs> i could i could make it simple i could answer it with one word but let's 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 unpack it a little <laughs> um it feels like um so first of all let, let's let's start very very um basic um we humans our species is um the only species that um tries to um live by an artificial kind of schedule there's no animal no plant no organism that um is not governed by the day and night cycle and with the with the advent of the of the light bulb by edison um that started to change because suddenly we were able to to make the night day and it feels like the the chronotypes and obviously there is the the increase in in artificial illumination is is growing exponentially um which which so many um effects um and it feels like one of the effects of that um bombardment of artificial light and the constant particularly at night but also during the day um has a um profound impact on our biology and it really shifts our rhythm um and it alters our hormonal profile in in massive ways and then the longer that carries on i think the more than um people look at what i see as the symptoms of an artificial lifestyle as a justification for living an artificial lifestyle um and then making that natural and then talking about its genes as um particularly in the in the epigenetic field that Bruce Lipton kind of started to shed so much light on um it becomes clearer and clearer that the environment switches on and switches off genes the environment dictates what's happening in our bodies and yes there is some 
transgenerational genetic um, passing on for sure, but that's very minimal. That's nowhere near um, as big or uh, impactful to the extent that we believed it to be like decades ago. It, it becomes clearer and clearer that the environment literally kind of shapes and turns on and off genes and, and thus impacts um, our, our behavior and our physiology in, in, in big ways. I love what I love the differentiation you brought, Bastian, about genetics and epigenetics in this context, because I don't think people have actually thought of it in this context. And it's so strange now that you mention it, I can't actually think. I mean, if you're saying that our genetics makes us a night owl, that's like saying our genetics uh, predisposes us towards diabetes. So why not just get diabetes, right? So it's something like that. And I'm so glad. I actually haven't thought about it in this manner at all. So um, thank you for that differentiation. And um, I also mm -hmm. wanted to ask you because, you know, Sorry, we just, had... just, yes, just, yes. One more, just one more thing to that, because I just the, the other day, I just came across a paper which talked about or which looked about ADHD. Right. Um, and it, it because a lot of people who, who suffer from ADHD or who have ADHD, um, they tend to be much more active um, in the evening. Um, and it, it's, again, it's kind of the notion, how, how do we look at things? Because, uh, again, people who have ADHD and who, have, and who show that behavior um, would argue that that's their natural kind of rhythm, mm. or that's kind of when they're active and when they perform better, and there's, there's less stimulation from the outside, and they can focus more on the things they're doing, so that's why they tend to be more productive. But it's, it's really interesting how that paper looked at it more from the point of view and basically asked the question whether um, ADHD is just a symptom of circadian disruption and sleep disorders rather than the other way around. Mm. Yeah, so it's another, it's another good example where we often confuse a symptom with a cause. And then we try to, you know, um, justify it and try to, to work around it rather than actually um, addressing the root cause, which in that case um, is much more likely circadian disruption. Because I think if I remember the, the figures correctly, I think it was like 78 to 87% um, of people, of adults who have ADHD suffer from um, circadian disruption chronically. And I think even if we don't bring attention to their being productive, Bastian, I do know because I have a very dear friend and a colleague who works with uh, children with special needs. And most of the children with ADHD or autism, they do suffer from terrible sleep, the inability to fall asleep, the inability to sustain sleep. Uh, and they're just tossing and turning uh, so even if we don't bring our attention to productivity, I think just looking at the sleep aspect of that is a great way to um, clean up whether their light is in order or whether, you know, so because oftentimes I would think in that kind of a situation, um, they're not going to be conscious about keeping the lights off, maybe the lights on all through the night. So that can severely disrupt their circadian rhythm for the future. Uh, but I think I don't want to digress because yeah. I do want us to. And I, before we just jump into the full conversation, I should mention when we had Rudy on the show from Viva Race and he mentioned that, you know, one of the justification that is made in terms of uh, someone being a night owl is if uh, they've been studied and the endocrine system has been studied, they've actually found that melatonin releases much later in their bodies and asked Rudy about this. And he said it's because it's linked to light. It doesn't necessarily mean that uh, they have a different uh, rhythm where melatonin is released. So obviously, if they're exposed to light later than someone else, their melatonin is going release is going to be clearly in juxtaposition along with when they're uh, exposing mm -hmm. their eyes to darkness. So just to get your brief thoughts on that. 
Yeah, I can. Uh, I have the same view, and it kind of ties into. Um, I can't remember the name of the paper, but basically the, um, which ties us to the other question you want you were asking earlier, kind of the seasonal kind of changes, um, because melatonin secretion in winter in, in traditional people um, is longer. So the extent of the melatonin secretion, you know, extent with the, with the with longer darkness, and hence um, you sleep longer. So it's a natural um, effect that if we are in line with, um, with day and night and the shifts over the seasons within that, then um, naturally um, we sleep longer in winter and we sleep less in summer. And I want to spend a lot of time here, Bastian, because there is a lot of emphasis in the sleep practitioner community that... Uh, compared to daylight savings and trying to use a light box in winter to um, slow, maybe um, reduce the number of hours you sleep or I'm not quite sure how I think each of them have different spin on this, but let's talk a little bit more about this because what you said is clearly important and you mentioned to me how indigenous tribes, they just naturally adjust their sleep based on the season. So how what actually happens in the traditional setup and do you feel that we just need to be listening then to our bodies? and sleeping more in the winter? Well, I guess the, that, that would be the ideal um, scenario just from a, um, a biological alignment and optimizing our biology, really. Um, but we're so far removed from that, unfortunately. You know, this is everything that's, this, I guess, uh, we hardly have any um, contact points to our environment anymore. And we also don't have any, or not much awareness to what is what is happening in nature um just or out just outside we you know we live temperature controlled um we constantly switch lights on is a bit dark outside we switch lights on inside um we are cut off from the elements um so there's there's really hardly any um yeah contact that we have we don't we're not aware we don't even know it's actually hard to know even if you think about it um, what's in season because so much is grown for all over the world. It's shipped all over the world. We don't even know anymore what grows when in our environment. Absolutely. Um, and, and then there's, you know, hydroponics and then there's greenhouses and this and that. So everything is kind of um, it's almost like hard to remember or to understand what natural means anymore. Um so again, that's really why I'm so passionate about light and, and nature exposure in particular, um, because it, it creates an, uh, some more awareness of what's happening in the real world. And um, it, it can shift um, and open up, um, I guess, uh, a, a deeper connection, more int intimacy with our, with our environment and eventually ourselves. Um, and if we look at, um, there was a paper, I think it was in 2015, which looked at um, um, three tribes. I think there were one was in, in Southern America and, and two were in Africa. Uh, there was a, the Hasta and the Sun, and there was another, another group. And what they basically looked at, they looked at their um, um, activity patterns and their rest patterns. Um, and also the amount of light, light exposure they, they received. And they also looked at temperature, um, which is an interesting, interesting observation in that, in that study. Um, so, so what happened, first of all, they shifted, um, they didn't shift their wake time, but they shifted their uh, sleep time. So when they went to bed, um, they both, all these, these three tribes, um, usually rose um, around daybreak, so way before sunrise. Some rose an hour before sunrise, um, some a bit closer to sunrise, mm. which kind of stayed similar throughout the seasons. Um, and they, they went to bed a few hours after the sun set. And an interesting, an interesting observation that they made is that... Um, it didn't, 
it didn't appear necessarily to be the light environment that triggered the sleep onset or the wake time. But um, what they found is that when the temperature started dropping in the evening, that's kind of what coincided with um, their sleep onset. And mm -hmm. at the same time um, in the morning, at the lowest point of the temperature, they started to wake up. So, and as, as we know, when we look at it, because of the temperature cycles, they lag behind the light cycles. It takes because, you know, the stones and the earth and our bodies absorb uh, the energy and absorb the heat. And it takes uh, time and it radi we radiate that out, the earth radiates that out. And it takes time for, that, for the temperature to drop after the sun disappeared. Um, so it's interesting that in, in that context, they actually found in a natural setting when people sleep outside, that the temperature change seems to be the actual trigger for the physiological change with um, sleep and wake. Um, yet it is driven by light indirectly because light drives the temperature. Very interesting. I've never heard of this actually. So what does this, what do you think this tells us if we were to make a prediction of um, somebody who's not in a natural setting and of course we're all in an artificial setting really. So what would we say then? Are we saying that, um, are we agreeing with people who say light is not, uh, blue light is a myth. Are we saying that temperature is more important or, than light or are we saying that it's a I bit mean, tricky? The, the, I would love for you to break it down clearly for someone who'd really like to get into that. I mean, it seems to me, uh, it seems a real folly to, to think it, um, that light doesn't have an impact. I mean, it's, it's, it drives every organism and the behavior of every organism on this planet it is the giver of life. Without the sun, there would be no energy, there would be no life. So to, um, to think that light doesn't have an impact seems um, utterly ridiculous to me. Um, the, and the light at night at the same time, um, day and night is antagonistic, same as the, the fluctuation of hormones in our bodies antagonistic if we align with that cycle. Um, if we have light after dark, we suppress and delay melatonin. If melatonin is um, suppressed and delayed, and then um, in the morning we get, um, we might sleep in, but it's light outside and we get, we, we basically reduce the amount of melatonin that's in our bodies. If we do that, then um, if, <laughs> it's interesting, if you actually look at, at what melatonin does, it, 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 yes, it, it's, it's a sleep or so-called sleep hormone or the hormone of darkness, but it regulates so many other things. It's the most potent antioxidant yes. that we have yes. at our disposal. So just that, if we don't look at anything else and there's tons more that melatonin does, it's, it's, it's probably the most, uh, what I like to call it, the most powerful hormonal ally that we have. So if we mess with that, we don't do ourselves a favor. Um, and so with regards to the antioxidant, it's basically mopping up and scavenging free, free radicals. So we're reducing um, um, inflammation in our bodies. Yeah, we're reducing oxidative stress in our bodies. We're repairing more damage. And that's the key to all healing because that's we, what supports the diet and everything else. Because without yeah. antioxidant activity, you can be doing the best diet and the best exercise and you'll still be struggling with symptoms and conditions. Yeah. And I think for women also, I must bring quickly attention to the fact that there's a very deep connection between melatonin and progesterone. So it's uh, almost as if they support each other. So if you're reducing your secretion of melatonin, you're also contributing to lower levels of progesterone, therefore driving estrogen dominance. So there's so many aspects of melatonin. It's, it's, I mean, it's not just sleep for sure. Yeah, and it's not only people always think it's in it's, it's the pineal gland, that's, that's one aspect where, where it is um, released, but um, it's, it's actually, you know, synthesized and, and utilized in the mitochondria itself, like everywhere in our body, um, there's a huge amount of melatonin in our gut as well. So um, 
it's it's such an um, foundational hormone that regulates pretty much all the physiological activity that's happening during the night. So to kind of interfere with that um, is is interesting. We, the thing is, I, I guess the difficulty is that the the science approach we're having is so compartmentalized. Yes. It's so yes. we're looking at so little details here and there, and then we try to call, draw conclusions about a little study here that tries to isolate one problem, but it, it, cannot, it cannot possibly look at the, at the big hole because life is much too um, complex. Light is much too complex. Our body is much too complex. And just one example for that is if we get um, expose our skin and our eyes to, to the sunlight during the day, particularly in the morning, um, we actually convert, or UV light to be more precise, converts tryptophan, tryptophan to serotonin, and then serotonin, so we have a higher supply of serotonin, which just not only makes us feel good and is a rewarding compound um, and, and lifts our mood, it also then there's more serotonin available, which then eventually gets um, confer, uh, transformed and transformed to, to melatonin. And then melatonin is released when it's, when it's dark. So this everything is connected, and if people try to cut up, yes, I agree with and you. Look at things in isolation. It's 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 yeah, it's it's a folly, really. And on this note, Bastian, I must ask you for your opinion on melatonin supplementation because I do see a lot of practitioners in the sleep community, and sometimes these are practitioners who actually feel that we're not impacted by blue light and but uh, there is a lot of melatonin supplementation as the right way to get even children to have better sleep personally i don't usually prescribe melatonin to anyone who comes to me and there's so many other things that need to be cleaned up physiologically but do you feel that it can play a, a role in the right context for someone who's struggling with any kind of sleep challenges. Yeah, um, it's it's an interesting one. Um, I, I, I think there's definitely um, there's definitely a place for um, melatonin um, subscription. Um, or prescription, um, but I would, it, it, it would need to be, from my point of view, it would need to be with a clear aim and for a, a short kind of period of time. Um, because again, the, the, the manifold um, effects melatonin has in our bodies and the, the, the places it plays a role, it's, it's too much. Again, I, I, there's too many aspects we we are we can't. And again, it's a synthesized hormone. It's not the real deal. Um, yes. People yes. people tend to tend to forget that. Um, and there are I can't remember, but there are I've I've read a few studies where they looked at um, melatonin supplementation, and um, one side effect of it usually is that people feel groggy the next day. Mm. or the next days and that kind of carries on and then they might need to take a stimulant to kind of counter that and it, it's it's not a it, it can be a short-term strategy if if um if it is a sound strategy um by someone who knows what they're doing um but i would i would definitely i would only go there in the, in a rare case scenario i would more prefer to kind of i'm i'm all about the the innate intelligence in the body and its, and its uh, ability to heal itself and, and change um, once we give the right, you know, epigenetic or environmental kind of input. Um, but I, I think there's a, there's, a, there's a place for it. I wouldn't say categorically no, but uh, I would definitely more err on the side of only go there if there's no um, other way. Beautiful. Uh, and you spoke a lot about uh, when the indigenous tribe, and you also mentioned earlier that when someone's in a natural setting, how everything shifts and there's so many differences based on if you're outside. And I know there's been some research done as well on how when they took night owls to 
um, a space where there were no artificial lighting, how they, they just rewired their whole circadian rhythm in a few days. But what actually happens to all of us when we're taken out of these natural spaces, because truly we even, I mean, I'm blessed to live in a countryside, but frankly, that's a very small percentage of us who's living like this in nature. Most of most people are actually right smack in the middle of the city and surrounded by you really don't know when it's and of course you brought attention to also the fact that we've forgotten which season we are in because we've got everything available right through the world all the time so most of us are moved away from this natural setting so what's actually happening to us well it's a good question. Um, well, in, in a in a in a broad stroke answer, it it we are we are dysregulating. We are we are as weak and as diseased as we have ever been, and it's and it's speeding up like at a, at a pace that is uh, tremendous. Yeah, we can we can see it in children. We can see it in the we can see it in the, in the rise of all the modern diseases. They're all going through the roof. It doesn't matter which disease you pick. Autism didn't hardly exist in the 1950s. Now it's I can't remember one in 30 children, probably more by now. Um, anxiety, obesity, cancer, diabetes, Parkinson's. Every autoimmune diseases, it, it's, it's all so rampant. And again, if we look at epigenetics, it's a product of our, of our environment and it's the way we live. And we seem to be kind of geared and, and sold comfort and convenience, um, but there is, a, there is a huge kind of price to pay. And yeah, it's it's it for me. It's really a change in priorities. It's and that's that's what happened for me. I made a change in priorities. My my health and my vitality um, was more important than my convenience or my uh, my habitual kind of ways. Um, so I guess it's it's really an individual kind of um, choice that that kind of people have to make. And there's, I mean, there's ways to mitigate the artificial world, but um, you know, if we look at, um, if we look at um, just blue light at night, we can wear blue blockers, not a big deal, quite easy um, to do. It's still a bit socially awkward for people and um, it, it requires a little, little adaptation, but um, it's not that difficult. Um, but other other aspects of living in a in the modern world and in the city, like the, the in cities in particular, the amount of stress and the pace of life, um, the the air pollution, uh, the chemicals, the the lack of nutrients, the lack of sunshine, the lack of connection, um, the stimulation from technology, a stressful job, um, running around, driving around, never stopping. Um, it it's it's so pervasive. Um, that it's it's no wonder that we are kind of literally kind of falling apart on a cellular kind of level. Mm. So and and then it's just it's really like what again what is the priority? Is it more important to um, to go out and have fun and dance the night away? And I guess there's there's definitely a place for it. But if it's that if that's kind of constant and if that carries on for kind of decades, um, it's it's no wonder that that um, we are, as a species, are, um, yeah, extremely kind of sick. They're not, not vital and not healthy. It's, it's kind, of, kind of rare to, uh, it, it feels rare to see um, another human being who is um, full of life and full of vitality and healthy. And some people look healthy on the outside because I might go to the gym, but they, they, they might be falling, um, you know, apart on the inside, on a cellular level. 
That is true. And also in today's social media world, you really don't know how anyone looks naturally with the world of filters and so many things that we put in place that we can kind of, I think, sometimes end up convincing ourselves that there's nothing going on. We're living in this total state of denial, I feel. Um, but just to wrap up all of this, because I would like people to have some practical tools. So how can we actually support our sleep moving through seasons? And how can, what do you suggest that we actually do, not just to manage seasons, but on a daily basis, how can we support um, healthy circadian rhythm in practical ways that is, you think is a good starting point? Yeah. I mean, that's, that's why, you know, we kind of came up with the app um, to, um, to help people to do that. A, to give people the background and the understanding around why that's really important. And we have more than, you know, a thousand kind of references um, that's backing up our content. And we're always adding more resources to it so people can really dive in and, and understand what's, um, what's happening. Um, so... The, the actual application of it is the other side of the app, like what to do, how, how should the ideal day kind of look like? And um, not surprisingly, the ideal day should be governed by sunrise and sunset. So that's, so it's, it's, it's almost like a shift from um, an artificial schedule or a social schedule to a biological schedule. And ah, that's that, a beautiful statement, just shifting the schedule from social to biological. Is that what you said? That's yes. beautiful. Yeah. That's a great mantra for me, I think. Yeah, and, and that, that really means ideally, you know, getting up with the sun or sometime before, before sunrise. Um, it's highly beneficial. It, it's, it's, it's well known in the Ayurvedic traditions. Um, that um, morning movement and morning exercise really important, which also ties in again with circadian rhythms because it's not only light that um, is, well, it's the primary circadian um, cue, but um, movement and food intake are two other very important cues. Um, so ideally in the morning, we get all three kind of cues together meaning we get the natural light, we go outside, we get the natural light, we get some movement. And then shortly after, that's my, my light break notification. That's <laughs> um, going off in the background. And then shortly after, um, after rising and some movement, um, we should take some food in to kind of start the day, to start the clocks in the gut so that everything is working in harmony. And then during the day, ideally, we, we go out regularly and get some, some light breaks. I know we haven't talked much. I would have loved to talk more about light and dive into the details, but maybe we can keep that. No, no, another, I, th I think we time. still have a little bit of time. So I would like you to talk a little bit about that. Um, it's, just, it's just really um, a lot. So let's, let's maybe keep it really focused for now. Um, and so the other, the, the, the big part is really, let's put it in a nutshell. This is the activities during the day when the light is, when the sun is up and then kind of winding down, no food intake, maybe a little bit of movement, um, but not too close to bed. Definitely no vigorous exercise, you know, an hour or so before bed. Um, and so that basically everything can, can wind down, that the entire physiology can kind of come to a rest. And that's also why we don't want um, artificial light at night because blue light um, just triggers um, cortisol and adrenaline uh, in us and kind of fires us up. That's why, you know, we have all the, that's why the blue spike in the, in the LEDs is so high to create more productivity during the day. Um, but it's unbalanced nevertheless. But particularly at night, we don't want that stimulation. We want to wind down. We don't want to text the digestive system we don't want to tax um, our, our heart or any organ, really. We want to, we want to wind down. So temperature can drop, um, heart rate can drop, everything kind of shuts down in preparation for sleep. And then during sleep is the repair activities that need to happen. So if we interfere with that, again, similar to the melatonin, which is, which is closely tied into that, if we, if we mess with the repair, 
um, then we are less equipped to tackle the next day. And so it, it's really that, that, that symphony, it's almost like um, the activities or the way you live during the day dictates the quality of sleep you have at night. And then the quality of sleep you have at night dictates um, how well you do the next day. Um, which is, I love which that. Is, yeah, I love really that because great. I think one of the things that also I see a lot on social posts is uh, trying to box food. For example, one of the examples I would give is when people who are talking about how to improve sleep and they're talking about what to have at dinner because something contains uh, tryptophan and it's not as I mean you can't be for example having um, sugar all day long and then hope to have some tryptophan food at dinner and have excellent sleep so it's I truly believe the sleep plate begins at breakfast and that's what you're saying it's all interlinked every moment is intertwined yes. with the other it, it is exactly and it's really that I guess it, 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 it depends really like, so the, the, you can customize the app in such a way that um, you can, you, you basically set your start time or your wake time and you set the time when you want to start eating. And these are the main triggers for your circadian rhythmicity. And then obviously the closer you align that to, uh, to sunrise, um, the, better, the better off you will be. And there's many things you can do throughout the day and during the night to kind of help you boost that. But really it's, it's the focus is on the biological schedule and whether people want to start with um, getting up closer to the sun or maybe just starting with regular kind of rice times or regular bedtimes and not changing that on the weekend, um, yes. which is yeah. another um, big problem, social jet lag, uh, which yeah. is literally jet lag and you throw your body off to a different yes. time zone each time you do it. Um, which is circadian disruption, which is akin to shift work. And many don't uh -huh. realize this as well, because I had a girl who was struggling. She was on so many sleeping medication, including melatonin, CBD, uh, and uh, she was struggling with sleep and no one had ever, she had been to a lot of practitioners, but no one asked her whether... She, her sleep was different on the weekend and she was waking up at 11 a.m. on the weekend and then she was struggling with sleeping all through the week. Yeah, and it, it's, another, it's another example of um, kind of convenience and comfort, right? We, we do that as a, I guess most people do it. Same with, with food. Food is such an emotional um, component. A lot of the food intake, and I know it in myself, when I'm not feeling well, I tend to eat more. Mm. Yeah, just to, to get that goodness, to get some nourishment and to kind of soothe myself. And it feels like it's the same with, with sleeping and on the weekends, for example, because people work hard, they have, they have a full life, they're stressed and they want some, some goodies. And in this case, it takes the form of sleeping in as a, as a treat. Which um, I think it also happens, Bastian, because it's not that they're sleeping more number of hours all the time. It's just that they're sleeping much later into the night on the weekend. So perhaps they're sleeping at 10 p.m. on a weeknight and 1 a.m. on a weekend. So it may not be that they're yep. sleeping more, that they need to just want to lie down. And yes, sometimes I do. I go to bed at the same time all day of the week but there are days where I may sleep in an hour longer but I'm not disrupting my bedtime in any way it's the same right through the week and one more thing when you mentioned about this disruption and how circadian rhythms are also tuned into food I think one of the things that I've noticed is also uh, meal times tend to shift drastically for people on the weekdays and the weekends. So sometimes you'll see them having lunch at four in the evening versus noon or one o'clock as through the week. And that itself is a form of circadian disruption. Yes, it's, an, it's, another, it's another layer. It's, it's, it's a yeah, light food movement, um, temperature obviously as well. Um, these are all kind of important kind of cues, but the, the main things we can really easily influence is, is kind of light and food. Um, 
And so this is really uh, the, the key points. And I mean, Sachin Panda has done amazing work on, the, on time restricted eating and really making it abundantly clear that um, the earlier um, we shift our eating window, the better it is. And we can see that quite simply with, um, you know, the same, if we take, if I eat the same meal uh, in the morning at 8 a.m. versus 8 at night, my insulin response is completely different. It's way higher um, mm. in, the, in the evening. And then again, triggers the entire metabolism and the digestion. And then I can't sleep well and I'll gain weight and, 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 and. And the whole, I mean, there's so many people, practically nine out of 10 people who come to me are in a pre-diabetic state with insulin resistance. Which also is, uh, is triggered by, by artificial light, particularly at night. Right. Uh, but I would light love, in itself drives, drives much of them. I would love for you to just actually take us a little bit through the app. I mean, you mentioned setting a bedtime, setting wake-up time, setting your morning meal. But uh, what are the other ways that people can actually use to personalize this for themselves? This is, these are really the main ways because these are the only ways that influence um, your arithmetic, really. Um, if there's ways around, there's ways to work around it, let's say if, um, and that's where, for example, you know, you mentioned light boxes before and things like that. So there is, there is a use for artificial light um, uh, positively. For example, um, you know, with seasonal affective disorder said, um, that usually happens in winter when there is less light around, which points to the fact that um, sunlight creates a hormonal cascade in us. Yeah, okay. it, it creates serotonin, dopamine, endorphins, um, and other compounds which are already rewarding. If we don't get these, and if there's less light around in winter, we feel more down, we feel more gloomy, we don't feel so upbeat. And a lot of, with a lot of people that can lead to depression. And then interestingly, which um, what tends to happen with people in depression and anxiety, um, they tend to stay inside because they're depressed. They don't go outside. That's when true. it's actually going outside would mm. support them in, in feeling better. Um, so it's always, um, um, there's, there's so many um, connections, but, but really with, with regards to circadian rhythms and in training your rhythm, um, first and foremost, you don't want to change your rhythm. You want to stick with the same rhythm every day, which is um, almost like impossible for most people these days. But it's one of the one of the most important ways where you can actually support yourself because the more predictable um, things are for your body the more it can be anticipated, the more the body can get towards it and optimize itself to perform these functions. Um, if it's completely erratic, it's, it's the worst setup, which is also why we, we don't have the option in the app to have different rhythms at different times of the week. Ah, you set, you set your well, rhythm. That's a good thing you that you pointed out because uh, someone might see the app and think that why is there no I'm glad you mentioned that this is a conscious decision yeah changing your rhythm is the very definition of circadian disruption yeah so it, it's it's and but it, it's really people it's it, the it, the idea is to to choose something that we, we, give, we give, basically we give people a suggestion, right? If they go through the onboarding process, they select their, their, their wake time, they select when they want to start eating, when they want to stop eating. Um, when we give them a, a certain recommendation of things to do or when to do it, but really you want to look at, you, you ideally want to pick one thing that you want to change. Whatever it is that you feel drawn to, whether you just want to, um, have a light break and go outside every two hours during the day and just, go for a five minute walk and get some natural light into your eyes. Mm. It might just be that. Then choose that and do that. Forget about the rest. Or maybe you want to go to bed at the same time or rise at the same time, then just do that. And or then maybe you want to just, maybe at the moment you eat, 
Yeah, or maybe, you know, um, you eat from, let's say, at the moment, 9 a.m. to 9 p.m., so 12-hour window, which is not ideal. Yeah, so to, to maybe just try shorten that window from 9 a.m. to 8 p.m., mm. and then maybe a couple of weeks later, you go from 9 a.m. to 7 p.m., does and the then app you go prompt, from 8 a.m. to Does the app p.m. prompt people to push that needle slowly further and further? No, at this stage, no, we're still really early. Um, there's, there, we don't have anything with regards to actual behavioral change um, in there. Um, it's the, it, it really relies on people to take responsibility and, and make their own choices, which is actually something that um, is really close to my heart as well. Yes. Because it really feels like um, the, the constant um, guiding people and telling people what to do right. is not really supportive in the long run. Eventually, yeah. Each one of us needs to come into their own Love it. and find their own way and their own truth and make their own choices and take responsibility, not just for, for health, but also for behavior, for emotions and, and um, come to terms with that it's me who is doing it and there's no one else to um, kind of blame for that. So... Uh, so that's, again, I, I see, I would see the benefit of behavioral change elements within the app, um, but um, it, it, to me, it comes really down to a matter of priority and, and really encouraging that priority. And this is, is a choice people start, um, you know, if they want to change, they kind of need to start making for themselves at the end of the day. I love all that you shared, Bastian. Any final things to share with our audience before we wind up? Um, so I guess in a nutshell, how I would describe the app is, is the why and the how of the Cadian Rhythms. Um, that's what it's really about. And it, it's really about shifting uh, more towards the biological schedule and, and, and slowly getting out of a societal and artificial schedule. Um, and really, it's about creating a bit more awareness um, of the natural world and the natural rhythms and our place in it. Because it feels like most of the problems, if not all the problems we have in the world are tied to our kind of disconnection and our fragmentation and compartmentalization and almost like believing we are not part of nature and each one of us is separate. And um, that's so far from the truth. Um, it's not, it's, yeah. And, you know, if we just look to nature, to nature, everything is, it's one ecosystem. There is no separation and we are not separate from it. So um, it's really, my, my heart is really strongly in um, hopefully encouraging people to, to find um, a way back to first to nature and then kind of to themselves so that we can live differently, make better decisions um, think more holistically um, and less kind of myopically and um, yeah, learn to, to um, in, enjoy life and create life rather than kind of destroying it as it feels like what we're doing. Beautiful, Bastian. And I think you should make your app mantra change your rhythm from sociological to biological, as you mentioned earlier, yeah. because it's such a beautiful way that it encapsulates your vision for uh, all of us and our circadian rhythm. And we have a show mantra. I'd like you to complete it for us. If sleep is the new medicine, then um, how would you complete that? <laughs> If sleep is a new medicine, then um, well, that's a good one. Let me think about that. Sleep is a new medicine. Then it's, it's still just a subset of, um, of the greater picture of life. I love it. Um, thank you for your time, Bastian. It was a great conversation. And I think I really, what I really took to heart myself, and I hope that all the listeners do as well, is that, um, of course, your motivation to say that we don't want to be again prompting people because we're already being told what to do at all points in our time. And there's a deep 
um, intuitive knowledge within you. And I think that's what I really took away from this. Where can people go and download the app? Because I know that I've done that. And my um, agenda for the weekend is actually to spend a little time going through the app and getting myself set up. Um, so where can people download it? And of course, I think uh, we will also do some promotions for it as well. Yeah, thank you. Um, yeah, the best best way is, is to go to our website, which is circadian, C-I-R-C-A-D-I-N dot life, L-I-F-E. Um, and um, yeah, you, you, you are being redirected to the, to the app stores and the Play Store from there. Um, and interesting you say that you, you finished with kind of um, um, not prompting people to tell them what to do all the time, which kind of in a funny way is exactly what the app does. Right? It kind of comes with alarms and notifications. They're going to go, okay, now do this now. But you kind of, hopefully you made a choice to actually do that. And then um, it should be encouraging um, rather than annoying. Yes, yes, yes. I think that's so important because that does tend to happen with a lot of apps where I think after a while people just kind of switch it off and it, it's almost as if the notification come but it just doesn't make any sense to you. Uh, and that's yeah, probably but, but, not your intention at all for this. No, but I feel like that's that's also related just from, from personal experience as long as as long as I tell myself I should do something, it's, it's quite an effort, right? But what happens eventually, in my experience at least, and I think that's, that's true universally, um, eventually, if it's a kind of a true endeavor, um, the should shifts into a I want to. Yeah, and that's, that's really my experience. And that's why I feel like the, the, the touchstone which nature is so important um, because once you experience um, the, the, the elements more, once you experience the sun anymore, once you pay more attention, you will literally feel it viscerally in your body, the impact of that. And once that kind of really kind of hits home, um, it's not a burden anymore. It's not a should anymore. It's I really want to. And then, then you can almost eventually kind of get rid of the app because <laughs> you're doing it anyway. But I still, you know, use it myself as, as because there's always things to improve. And I really like the prompts at the moment I'm working on, like every one and a half hours going outside and going for a little walk, doing a little movement and really being diligent with that. Because it's one of my weak points where I tend to get, you know, distracted with work and I get carried away and um, I forget to look after myself. So there's always there's always room for improvement. Yes, absolutely, Bastian. And as, as we spoke before the show that, uh, I mean, uh, while I do log off all devices by about 5 p.m. and I'm not accessible by mail, message, phone, anything, I'm completely shut off. But when I wake up in the morning, many times I'm awake by 3 a.m., or 4 a.m. and then that's the time actually that I'm at my productive best so I'm definitely not making the effort to wait and watch the sunrise and then come into my screen so I just keep my screen on night mode I wear blue light blockers but I do jump into work because for me that's the most productive time and I'm not saying that's the case for everybody but uh, Joshua Rosenthal who was on the show a while ago and we spoke about circadian rhythms and thyroid health uh, and he did mention one thing I learned from Josh was that um, I would end up wearing blue light blockers and putting my screen on night mode only in the evenings and he said anytime that it's not natural light if you're sitting in the dark and you're using your screen you still need to do all of this to avoid endocrine impact which taught me a lot so now I'm conscious that while I would start early and you spoke about the sun break I actually climb out onto my roof and I lie down on my roof nice. uh, and catch the sun every couple of hours uh, so I mean, I mean we're not all blessed with that but I think we can definitely go out and catch some sunlight great conversation Bastian it was a pleasure having you and I hope a lot of people get 
um, some sort of a prompt just to get started with regulating circadian rhythm with uh, yeah and, and really diving into i really encourage people to to i just actually wrote an article today that i'll be posting in a few weeks on on our homepage, uh, which just talks about light in general and you know i call it the light of life um and it just really just encourage people to to just create a bit more awareness around light in general and pay more attention to light um it's yeah it's it's the source of life so it's and uh, you it's, can uh, we can link the article to the show notes so people can see yeah oh. sounds good thank you awesome Bastien. thank thank you thank you for your time deepa really really appreciate it it was lovely to connect Hi everyone, I hope you enjoyed the show today. Just a reminder that this podcast is for information purposes only. It is not a substitute for professional care by a doctor or otherwise qualified health professional. This information is provided on the understanding that it does not constitute medical or the professional advice or services. If you are looking for personal help on your health journey, do seek out a qualified professional please do make your own healthcare decisions based upon your research and in partnership with a qualified healthcare professional it is in no way intended as medical advice or a treatment or cure for any condition be sure to always directly work with a qualified practitioner before making any changes to your diet or lifestyle that may feel out of your realm of comfort or understanding If you are looking for an allied functional medicine practitioner do seek out more information on www.phytothrive.com it is important that you have someone who is qualified and understands your health personally in order to provide adequate care especially when it comes to chronic health condition be sure to subscribe to the sleep whisper a podcast on your favorite podcast app to get each episode as soon as it launches